We are studying the book of Exodus. Exodus applied specifically. In the Bible class, Exodus remembered. And we do all kinds of funny little things and doodles and all that kind of thing to help us get it stuck in our brain. But in Exodus, or in our sermon segment, we kind of take it to a little bit of a mature, more mature level. And now we're trying to make application. Because remember, the Bible was not written just to be read. The Bible was written so that we would have it change our lives. We would internalize it, and it would make us different people. So Exodus applied. As we step through each chapter, there are 40 of them. As we step through each chapter, I'm going to try to draw us into one segment of that chapter that you and I can use right now, present tense, to change our own life. This ancient book is still teaching us to this very day. Exodus applied. Here are the five questions that uh, we will try to cover during this sermon, and if you're part of the School of Biblical Studies, you'll have them ahead of time. You got that? Screenshot it or whatever? All right, here we go. Exodus. Where are you? <laughs> Exodus applied. Let's see, I need to get over here, and that way I'm out of the way. Exodus chapter 2, verses 15 through 25. Let me give you a heads up that in the first part of the chapter, Moses gets born. Okay? But as you move into verse 15, it says, When Pharaoh heard of it, he sought to kill Moses, but Moses fled from Pharaoh and stayed in the land of Midian, and he sat down by a well. The, again, the backstory: Moses has grown now, and uh, he's, he's killed an Egyptian slave driver, and uh, it's found out. He's hid the slave driver in the sand, but it's found out. Pharaoh finds out he's trying to uh, kill Moses because of it. Moses flees. Verse 16. Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters, and they came and they drew water and filled the troughs to water their father's flocks. But, flock, but, the shepherds came and drove them away. They were abusive. But Moses stood up and he saved them and watered their flock. When they came home to their father rule, he said, how is it that you have come home so soon today? Because evidently they really struggle to, to, to get it done, not just because there's a lot of sheep, and this time they had Moses to help, but evidently because they're constantly being picked on. They said, an Egyptian delivered us out of the hands of the shepherds and even drew water for us and watered the flock. He said to his daughters, then where is he? Uh, why have you left the man? Call him that he may eat bread. And Moses was content to dwell with the man, and he gave Moses his daughter Zipporah. She gave birth to a son, and he called his name Gershom, for he said, I have been a sojourner in a foreign land. So it kind of happens pretty rapidly here. You see what takes place. He, he helps the girls. They invite him home. He likes the place, and over time, evidently, he's going to receive Zipporah as his wife. During those many days, the king of Egypt died, and the people of Israel groaned because of their slavery and cried out for help. Their cry for rescue from slavery came up to God, and God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. God saw the people of Israel, and God knew. That's going to lead up, obviously, to Moses being called out of the wilderness to go and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. Perhaps you've sung the song. All right. I want to make three points with regards to when life takes you into the wilderness. Moses' life can be pretty neatly categorized into three 40-year periods. Uh, he has about 40 years in Egypt. Then he has to flee because of the story we have behind me. He has about 40 years in Midian when he's going to get a wife and children and... Uh, Towards the end of that, he's going to see the, the burning bush and all that, okay? And then he's going to have 40 years with the children of Israel, approximately, as he leads them. So, 
Understanding that then, we need to recognize that we're now into that middle 40-year segment, okay? Moses, actually we're at the tail end of it. Moses has gone off into the wilderness, and he spent these 40 years being a shepherd, okay? Which, by the way, is going to train him quite well for the job that he will have in the next 40 years. It's kind of like the Karate Kid. You might remember that when he was waxing the car of Mr. Miyagi. Wax on, wax off kind of thing. And, and the Karate Kid just couldn't understand, why would you put me through that? That, that make, How's it going to even help me? You promised to teach me karate, and here I am waxing your car. This is not right. Remember that? I wonder if Moses had the same feeling about God during these 40 years. Why in the world am I out here? What kind of purposeful life is this, being a shepherd in the middle of nowhere? Wax on, wax off. Because that shepherding, those skills are going to help him as he leads God's people through the wilderness and he deals with a bunch of sheep, stubborn sheep at times, going to be very, very useful to him. So when life takes you into the wilderness, what should you do? Three little points that I think are very important. Wilderness lessons. Number one, you need to remember that you still have values. Even though you may be in the wilderness of your life, understand that the value system that you have developed up to this point need not go away. You still have values. Watch what happens in verse 16. He's, he's just, just, soon on the horizon, or just soon on the arrival here. And he walks up and he finds these daughters trying to take care of their flocks. Bad guys are bullying them. He drives them off, whatever, gets them taken care of because his heart goes out. Remember, this is a character trait that he's already shown. Remember why he killed the Egyptian slave driver. Read the previous chap part of the chapter and you'll, you'll figure that out. But understanding that, you, you're right, he's already got values that's, that are set in place. Whenever you seem to be in the, in the, in the wilderness of your life, <clears throat> difficulties just keep coming. It's just like nothing, there, there's no relief. And I, you're depressed, you're discouraged, whatever. I feel isolated, you know, whatever it may be. Remember not to desert your values. Those values have traveled with you. And those values that proved very important to you in the past are likely to help you survive this wilderness experience. And so as Moses arrives on the scene, he doesn't, <clears throat> he doesn't change his character, just like he helped in the past, because of the Egyptian slave driver who's whooping up on some of his people, he's going to help now. Don't change your character just because you're in the wilderness of life. Number two, remember, you still have purpose. Just because you find yourself in the wilderness, it doesn't mean that the wilderness doesn't have purpose. That, 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 that context can't teach you something. Again, back to my wax-on, wax-off story with regards to, to the Karate Kid and Mr. Miyagi. In the wilderness of life, it didn't seem like it had any, had any real application. And yet later, when he gets into the tournament, you know that it does have application. And so you and I need to recognize that our purpose doesn't go away just because we happen to be in the wilderness of life. Notice what happens to Moses. And Moses was content to dwell with the man. And he gave Moses his daughter Zipporah. She gave birth to a son and called his name Gershom. Now he's going to acknowledge himself that he's in the wilderness. I have been a sojourner in a foreign land. Okay, but as you understand Gershom, and you understand Zipporah, and you understand what Moses is doing during these forty years, I've already mentioned he's going to be a shepherd. But guess what else he's going to do? He's going to be a daddy. He's going to be a parent. He's going to be a husband. He's going to be a son-in-law. He's going to be part of an extended family. 
All of these things are, are factoring into how he is going to treat God's people, God's family, as they wander through the wilderness for those 40 years. And so even though he's in the wilderness of life, it's not like he should think that his learning process has stopped or that he doesn't have any real value or purpose. I'm just supposed to sit down in my recliner and just kind of wait it out. No, he's going to continue with life, even though it's in the wilderness of life. And he is going to have purpose that is going to continue to develop, even though he probably at the time didn't see it. Wax on, wax off is going to eventually pay off to help him lead God's people through the wilderness experience of their own. And then number three, you still have God. Don't forget you still have God, even when you are in the wilderness experience. I can't tell you the number of times I have stood at the head of a casket and or were there at the graveside, and I've been asked to give a few remarks, and I've read from the 23rd Psalm. Part of the 23rd Psalm says, And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. We read that at the graveside as if it's for the guy, the person who's died. But it's not. It's for us. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow. We're not talking about the dead person. We're talking about the person who's experiencing death around them. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. God remains with us. In our wilderness experience, not only must we hold on to our values, recognize that we're still being trained, and thus we have purpose, but probably most important of all, we've got to recognize that God hasn't abandoned us. He hasn't deserted us. Kind of like that lost sheep out on the mountainside. And Jesus says that the good shepherd will leave 99 to go find the one. Well, I, I have been that one at times. And perhaps you have been that one at times. And I felt isolated. I felt alone. I felt like I didn't have purpose, and etc., etc. But it, But the Lord doesn't stop searching for us. He doesn't stop looking, wanting to bring us back. He is with us. Jesus will say in the book of Revelation, that he stands at the door and knocks. It's an interesting passage because he's God. Why would he stand waiting on me? Those who don't believe in free will really struggle with that passage because it's obvious that we have been blessed with the opportunity of either inviting Jesus in or keeping the door locked. But in that, we recognize that even though the door's locked and he's standing just outside the door, he's just outside the door. Acts chapter 17, verse 27 says that we are to seek God even though he's not far from us. God wants us. He stays close by. He's a lot like what happened earlier in this chapter with Moses' sister when Moses is afloat there in the Nile and his little sister's not far off. She's right there watching. God is always there. He's always watching us. So are you in the wilderness of life right now? Maybe you're struggling financially, physically emotionally, your children, whatever the, the wilderness is that you're a part of, remember to hold on to your values, those God-given values that you learned as a child. Don't let go of those values. Don't dismiss this moment as just being suffering without purpose. There is a reason that you're going through this, and it's supposed to teach you something. Don't miss that. And then most of all, remember, God is there. He is not abandoning you. He is there. And he wants to help you. He wants to, to guide you through this difficult time. Hold your values. Notice your purpose. 
and cling to God because he'll take care of you. I think this is really awesome the way it says it in verse 24, and God heard their groaning. Now, this doesn't specifically mention Moses, but if you study the rest of the book, you know exactly what's happening. Because God heard the groaning of his people in Egypt, he's going to go get Moses, who he's been preparing for the last 40 years by being a shepherd and a daddy and a spouse, etc. He's going to go get Moses to do the job. And so God was even with Moses. All these years, he's been preparing Moses. God heard their groaning. Remember the covenant that he had with Abraham, Isaac. He doesn't forget us. He doesn't forget the promises that he made. And it says God saw the people, and God knew. You know why? Because God knows his people. He doesn't get far from his people. He's always close by. We may try to walk off, but as Jesus illustrates, even with the lost sheep, when we walk off and get ourselves lost, and even then, God's searching, trying to be close. So, again, the wilderness lessons. You still have values, you still have purpose, and you still have God. Cling to those things if you're going through a wilderness experience at this time in your life. Here are the five questions that we attempted to cover during our study with regards to Exodus chapter 2. I hope that they're leading enough that if you're studying on your own that you can use those to, to further your maturity in the Lord. And if you're part of the School of Biblical Studies, know that these will be on your final test.